Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. No doubt, I'm sure a lot of you know and you're here because you know it's such a special night and there is something so incredible happening in the sharing of two stories of two of our young adults tonight. But I just wanted to introduce myself first. I'm Alyssa and I'm on team here at Horizon Church and it is my distinct honour to get to be a part of what is happening tonight. And like I said, we're getting to interview two of our young adults who call Horizon Church home and they're really going to share their story of what God's done in their life, of how He's transformed it, of what it looked like before and what it looks and feels like now after. And what's incredibly powerful about this is actually in the Bible, Jesus Himself uses a lot of stories, a lot of anecdotes, a lot of, um, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of stories to really minister and stir and work in the hearts of those that He's talking to. And so I just want to preface tonight that don't be surprised if as they're sharing stories, whether you've called Horizon Church home for years or whether it's your first time ever or whether it's your third or fourth time and you're a little bit sus, whatever, whatever place you're in tonight as you've walked in, do not be surprised if as they're sharing stories, you start to feel Jesus move in your heart and stir something in your heart. And it might not be the identical story that they've got, but I do believe that there's going to be parts of tonight that you see and feel mirrored and reflected in your own and you say, God, you're going to, in fact, let me give you a little bit of indicators. You might start to feel your heartbeat pumping a little bit. You might start to feel an incredible peace. You might start to have the thought of, okay, I think there's a reason that I'm here. You might start to have a few little indicators that God is moving in your heart and doing something in you tonight. And I don't think it's an accident that you're here tonight. So, I mean, I'm getting you all excited and I'm kind of teasing you about what's to come. Shall we just get into it? Shall we just start to hear these incredible stories of two of these amazing people? So what's going to happen is I'm going to invite one up and then we're going to give him a big hand after we've heard his story and then the next will come, Mia will come up and then we'll give her a big hand. But we're going to start tonight with none other than the incredible, the amazing Chris Breen. Please put your hands together as he comes up. Christopher Breen. Here he is, looking sharp as ever. Hello, everyone. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm great, Alyssa. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited to be here and hear your story. Um, So, first off, that microphone is your paintbrush. Paint us the picture of Chris. Who is... Oh, you like that? Okay. Who is Chris? What does he do? How does he spend his time? Who is Chris Breen? Um, well, um, two quick things about myself. I've just finished my law degree. I'm starting to become a lawyer. Um, yes, give that a hand. Finished the law degree. Um, Amazing. Which is very exciting. And another thing, I'm a part of the incredible St Andrews Horizon Church campus and I get to run yes, the ministry there. Yes, shout out to St Andrews. Which is very exciting. I love it. Now, one thing you've got to know about Chris, if there is the potential for a debate within his vicinity, he will find it and he will engage. And um, the thing about Chris with his law degree is it doesn't matter how, you know, into it you get and emotional you get, he stays very level-headed. And for those emotional ones of us, it is very infuriating. But it's such a gift. He is incredible. And yes, he also leads our incredible St Andrews youth team and youth out there. It's incredible. And actually... If you do talk to him in the foyer after the service, ask him about it because it's incredible what God's doing out there through him, through the St Andrews team. So, Chris, here you are leading a youth ministry within Horizon Church. 
You're this incredible lawyer who can debate anything, anywhere, anytime. And, um, but how? How did you become this? How did you get here? What did Chris, you know, before knowing Jesus look like? What was life like for you? Yeah, well, I was raised in, I went to Catholic school, raised in a family that had faith. And but for me, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wouldn't say I had a personal faith at all. I thought regarding God, if he existed, he was this person that was distant and enforced rules and right and wrong. And it was standards that I was constantly falling short of. And so I didn't really care for it. Um, And I was, I wasn't this like super off the rails guy, but I was quite um, deeply sad on the inside. Um, I had a really difficult relationship with my parents growing up. Um, it, home wasn't a safe place for me. Um, I would do everything I can to get out um, of it. One time I stole my dad's car and like slept overnight somewhere else because I just didn't feel safe at all at home. Um, and and I, I just had this so much hate and anger like inside me and I got very used to putting on a face um, when going in public and people knew me as happy and cheery but inside I was deeply, deeply sad and looking for something that um, I, I just felt like I didn't belong anywhere. And it was, yeah, it was very difficult, I would say. Wow. And so here you are living with this feeling, this deep sadness, this anger and this hate that you're talking about, and your life's looking like something very different on the outside. So at this time at school, you're in year 12, you were... School, year 11. Year 11. Year 11. 2017. Let's flash back. 2017. 2017. But in year 12, you were captain. Yes. 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 So in year 12, you're captain, but in year 11, already making ways and people see you as this, you know, like you said, this happy Chris, this Chris that has it all together, that is leading the charge at school and this smart guy, captain, but inside there was so much going on. And so you're not talking to anyone necessarily about this, you're not really reaching out or... No, no, I was really struggling with a lot by myself and I had no idea where to start. So it was very lonely and difficult, yeah. Yes, yep. And so then Jesus. Yeah, so... Talk to us about how he reached you in that. Wild, wild story. Um, Did anyone do legal studies in school or is currently doing legal studies at school? Yeah, my peeps. Um, So... (laughs) So there was an excursion where our legal studies class went to Downing Centre Court in the city to watch some court cases um, and learn about how court works, that kind of thing. But I had a sporting event on that day and I couldn't make it. Um, So my teacher said, I need you to go away, um, go to your local court, watch some cases and then take some notes and stuff. And so I was like, all right. And I Googled, what's my local court? Sutherland Court comes up. I'm like, okay, I've never been to a court before. I've no idea what's going on. Catch the train to Sutherland. For the life of me, I cannot find Sutherland Court Horizon Church. It is the biggest building with That's the words so courthouse on it. You, it's one of those things where people give you directions and they go, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. I was wandering the streets, I swear, for nearly an hour trying to find this court and I could not find it. An hour. Uh, it was embarrassing, embarrassingly so. Um, and I found myself eventually, I was really tired, I was just over it, I wanted to go home. Um, I found myself on Stapleton Avenue. Um, and I, I'd never been on Stapleton Avenue before, walking down the street, and I see Horizon Church. Um, and I was someone, like I said before, didn't want anything to do with church. There was no part of me that wanted to go into a church. But I looked at Horizon Church, and the craziest thing happened. It's like this magnet came alive inside of me and was tugging me towards the building. 
this sensation of like, this is your home wow. was like filling me, like this desire to get inside the building. And I was there and I was like, oh, what's going on? I don't like church, <laughs> this is weird. Um, and, and it was the middle of the week, so I obviously couldn't go inside, church wasn't happening. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I've got to hear this out. Like something crazy has just happened. I can't put words to it. And so I'll come that Sunday. And I came that Sunday and poetically, Alyssa, that was six years ago today. Exactly. Wow. Wild. Um, That's so special. Crazy. Wow. Um, and so I come, wow. I come in um, and I noticed a couple of things. First of all, there's drums. <laughs> and I was like, drums in a church? <laughs> What's going on? Then I saw people hugging each other and were happy. I was like, people are happy in church? And then I saw people my age. And I was like, young people in church? And then Pastor Christy gets up and starts talking about how Jesus was a real figure in her life. And I was like, someone's wearing normal clothes on a stage in wow, church? What's wow. going on? And it was just the weirdest thing. Um, sorry, have I kept... I, I, this is amazing, keep okay, going. Okay, okay. Um, and so I just really enjoyed it, but I was like, look, I'm not convinced, you know, but I'll, I'll give it a try. I, you know, um, and so third week that I come, um, you know, worship when everyone's raising their arms and I was like, I didn't know what's going on. And so I just felt to like try and do it. And there was like a lot of elbows. I was like, how do I, what's like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know, but I was kind of like watching someone else. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll go with this. Um, but I did it. it was, I felt so awkward. But as um, soon as I did it, I, I swear, like a weight that wow, I, wow, I had not wow. known was there just lifted off me instantly. I felt light. I, I, I couldn't explain the feeling I was getting. But the craziest part of it, wow. remember, filled with... Uh, there was no part of me that wanted a relationship with my mm. parents at this point. I was filled with like this hatred mm. that was ugly. And God just filled me with this desire to run home and just hug my parents wow. so tightly. Wow. And I was like, what is going on right now? In an instant, my emotions totally flipped 180. Wow. Years worth of resentment and bitterness was gone in a second. Wow. It was crazy. And so when they said, and this will happen this service as well, if you want to give your life to Jesus, yes, put yep. your hand up. Um, I put my hand up and gave my life to Jesus, which was very exciting. Um, yeah. Amazing. What a story of how Jesus like literally pulled you as you're walking past on the street. And here you are, someone who's got all the bells and whistles and all of that. But there's a God who sees you, who knows, who draws you in. Now, I do want to touch on, you're a very logical, smart, oh, he already knows where I'm going. See, that's how logical and smart he is. You're a very logical, smart man. And so here you're having this radical, like you've come three weeks, you've figured out the arms, you know, and then you have this radical moment with Jesus. What is the... Um, reconciliation of that like? Like then you go home and then the next day you wake up being like, was that fake? Was that, you know, like what for a very smart person and I know in the room would have a lot of smart people who've wrestled and who's, who've gone to the theology of it and all that kind of stuff. How did you reconcile that like the next morning, the next week? Yeah, well, I I'd had this emotional experience. I, I thought it was an encounter with God, but I wasn't sure because 
I, I was like you say, I was mm. a thinker, and I and I and I was like, I need to know if I'm going to believe in God. I need to know that it's legit. I need to know that it's actually mm. a thing, and it's not just an emotional experience I had one night. Um, and so I did research and lots <laughs> and lots and lots of research, and I found bottomless pit of evidence wow. that proves everything the Bible says. Wow. That I found out that Jesus was a real historical figure that existed and there's wow. more evidence for his existence than many other ancient figures like Plato and wow. Socrates and Julius Caesar and all these other people. I found out that um, geography and geology and archaeology all backs up everything the Bible says and strengthens the case for it and doesn't tear it away. I found out that um, in Islam they have two golden coffins, one for the prophet Muhammad which has his body in it and one reserved for Jesus which is empty because they've never found Jesus' body because wow. he was risen. Come on, And I found amen. out that billions and billions <laughs> wow. of people have been worshipping God and believing in him over wow. the course of centuries. And it, it, I, I was like, oh my gosh, it's legit. It's real. Something's happening here. Wow. Um, and it really was quite affirming because it matched what I'd experienced mm. with what I knew now right, was true right. knowledge of yes. what was actually yes. happening in the yes. world. And it was insane. Wow. Can we give him a hand? He didn't even know I was going to ask that question. So, okay, you've had this amazing, you've, you've felt God pulling you in, this magnet feeling. You've come, you've said yes to Jesus, and then you've, you know, figured it out along the way. And then you kind of have this evidence being like, okay, it matches the spiritual experience I had with God. And so then what does life look like now? Like walking that out, walking with Jesus. Is it a lot of those emotional moments? Is it like, what does life with Jesus look like now for you? Yeah. Can I share a really quick story before share I jump it, into it? Share it, yes. So um, after all that, I was like there, but I was like, I need one more thing. I need like a final nail in the coffin. And um, I was going to our youth ministry during that time as a year 11 student. Um, and this event called Winter Camp was coming up. and Which is also coming up um, in July in the school holidays and the greatest the thing for your young people get to meet you. Um, and I wasn't going to go because I was new and I was like, I don't really want to go. And my leader convinced me to go. And so Horizon Youth, if you're in the room and your leader tells you to go to Winter Camp, <laughs> go to Winter Camp. Yeah. Um, um, and so I go to Winter Camp and then our youth pastor Jackson had been talking about how you've got to have faith for God to move. In the Bible, God constantly responds to people who show faith. And right, even right. if it's a tiny mustard seed, just like yep. you have a little bit of faith yep. and God moves. And so he said, write down what you want God to do. And so I wrote down, God, show me you're real. That's it. I just wrote, show yeah. me you're real. We get to winter camp. It's one of those worship kind of ministry moments. Um, I feel God go, this is it. This is like, I just get this feeling of like, this is when it's going to happen. Yeah. And so he like tells me, get on your knees. I go on my knees and the presence of God hits me like nothing else. I'm literally trembling mm. for who knows how long on the floor in the presence of God. And I'm wow. like, it's legit. Like, this is real. Like, this is insane. Um, and since then, it has just been over the course of the last six years, transformation after transformation wow. after wow. transformation. Wow. God restored my relationship with my family. He set me free from so much of the anger and the hatred that was in my heart. He, he put me on calling and purpose. He just, I, and I can stand here, sit here today um, and say with confidence that I'm a genuinely happy person, which is not wow. something I would have said six years wow. ago. Um, wow. And it's amazing. Wow, what an incredible testimony. Far out, Chris. Amazing. I want to ask one more question in that. In this walking out 
you know, with Jesus every day and you are in the workplace now and you're doing big things and making big decisions, what does it actually look like to do daily life with God? Like, you you know, not that big moment at Winter Camp Trembling, they're amazing, but what does it actually look like for you day to day with Jesus now? Um, it's kind of like... Um, if you've ever seen like before and after pictures of someone who's lost weight over a long period of time, um, uh, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> it's like, wow, that's, that's a crazy transformation. But it is daily, yep, constant, yep, yep, yep. Um, disciplined work to get closer yes, to God, yes. to, to draw closer to Him, to come to church, to read your Bible, to do yes. everything you can to just draw nearer to God. And over time, you may not notice the shifts right then that week, but over time you look at your life mm. and it's like my life, if I'd have kept going on the path I was on before God found me, is over here. And six, like the longer you go with God, the more difference wow, there is wow, in that gap. Wow, and it's wow. crazy when you look at what your life could have been and where some of my high school friends are at for, who I was very, living very similar yes, to with. And right, I was like, right. the difference is insane. Um, wow. And God, over the long term, God makes a huge difference in your world. And who God is in you today, Chris, and who you are as a man of God, we are so blessed by As Horizon Church. And thank you for sharing your story. What an incredible story of the goodness of God. Can you give him a hand? Chris, amazing. Now, keep that applause going because we have the next very incredible, very amazing Mia Nottage. Thanks, guys. Hello, Mia. Hello. How are you? Good. You look just like you did in the video. So gorgeous. Same in person as on screen. Oh, thank um, you. So, Chris painted his picture of who he is. You paint the picture of who Mia Nottage is. What does she do? What's life like? Yeah, tell us. Um, I come from a family of six and they're all sitting up there. So I've got yes, there two they are. amazing older sisters and a younger brother. An incredible um, family. And I study a Bachelor of Arts in Western Civilization, which is a bit of a mouthful and a bit of a quirky one, but it's like a philosophy, history, um, liberal arts degree. And I work a couple hours a week for a Christian media company just locally, so I'm a production assistant. So, yeah, that's me. So, really, what doesn't she do? And in, actually, can you share a little bit about this Western Civilization degree? It's, like, the first of its kind. Like, you're this ad hoc, like, pilgrim out here, like, doing this uni degree that, like, hasn't been done in, like, Australia before, right? Yeah, so I am the second cohort in Australia to go through with this new degree because there was, like, heaps of, like, um, funding cuts with arts. There was, like, private funding towards this, like, specific degree because they wanted um, young people to study the class like texts and um, philosophy and yeah it's like it's very cool I've got two of my uni friends here tonight shout um, out to the uni friends and it Hi, kind of girls. feels like high school because their cohorts are like capped at like 45 students and there's only 30 students in our cohorts so we're just like going through it as friends and yeah it's awesome Amazing. As well as that, Mia is actually one of our incredible youth leaders at Horizon Youth. And what, what age group of girls do you look after? Um, my year 12 girls are all sitting over Shout there. Shout out. Some of the most amazing girls. Lara Goyen's filming. Um, yeah, she's got a fan club over there in the year 12 girls. Um, 
So, now Mia is about to share a really incredible, amazing, just story that speaks to the goodness of God. But I did want to preface just before she starts to talk about what life looked like for her before Jesus. Um, she does speak to um, an eating disorder, living with an eating disorder at one point in her life. And I know that in a room this size, she wouldn't be alone in that. And so I just did want to preface that as she shares, she's not going to go into too much detail, but she's going to reference it. And as she does, I wanted to let you know that we is at Horizon Church, we have a pastoral care team that are very, very, very intentional and here to support you at whatever point of the journey in your life you're at and um, we're there for support spiritually but also to point in the right directions with resources so if you're a Horizon Church member and this does do something for you um, as you hear it spoken about then please let your life group leader know or else please come up to me in the foyer afterwards so that we can really be with you in that I'm a pastor and a social worker so I'm very I I, it means a lot to me okay so um, but it's an incredible story. So Mia, can you tell us what was life like for you before Jesus? What did it look like? What did it feel like? Yeah, so um, I touched on it a bit in the video, um, but I grew up in a Christian family. Um, we went to our local Baptist church, but it wasn't until I came to Horizon Youth when I was 11. So a primary school friend um, invited me and I came and um, it was an amazing night. Like Pastor Tim preached, um, I raised my hand in the salvation call. And what was really special about that night was we rarely do it, but um, that night they took everyone who put their hand up into the foyer and um, gave everyone a personalised Bible. And so in my first ever Bible, Alyssa, your name and Sam Arnold's name is written in there. Um, and so I, I got saved, um, but um, the years, like what followed after my salvation was actually really unexpected. And um, as Alyssa mentioned, I got really sick really quickly with an eating disorder at the age of 11. Um, and kind of what spiralled that was I had just auditioned for Newtown High School of the Performing Arts. Shout out, Kira, we went there together. Um, and it was a great school, but I got into this school and like, because I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to be a performer and I put a lot of pressure on myself um, to starting high school and I was like... I really want to be loved. I really want to be accepted. I'd seen all these movies growing up about popularity and how, how to look and what was lovable in the world and what um, was beautiful. And um, I took it upon myself to be like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that by the time I start in high school, I look a certain way and that I will receive love and attention and um, be validated through how I looked. And... Um, yeah, it just became like a very aggressive and um, stubborn sickness. And by the end of year six, um, I had to be admitted into hospital for six weeks. And um, yeah, it was a very hard and dark time of my life. Um, I think I remember that like, yeah, it just went all to darkness in my world. Like... There was no hope, there was no love towards myself or towards others and I was just stuck in a really difficult place and after I came out of hospital, um, my amazing family like persevered and um, helped me throughout recovery and we did a family-based um, tr treatment and um, I have this memory of coming out of hospital and 
being on the phone to a youth leader and being like, so, like, I won't be coming to youth for a while. I've been really sick. Um, I... I don't believe in God. I want nothing to do with it. I'm suffering deeply. And yeah, yeah. just letting you know I'm not coming. Mm. Um, and yeah, so little did I know that that beautiful, faithful um, youth leader, Sam Arnold, um, yeah, Sam. had the horizon. Yeah. She had the Horizon Youth team praying for me yep. in that time yep. of sickness. And um, even when I was not there. And so. Essentially, I um, went through a one-year treatment to get better, and by the end of year seven, which was the end of 2014, I was mentally and physically, like, um, cleared with my illness, and I was okay in that regard, but emotionally and spiritually absolutely crushed, like, so broken, Mm. so, so deeply insecure and upset and searching for hope, um, which led to, I was so young and it's crazy to say, but by the time I was in year eight, 13, I started drinking at parties, recreational drugs, relationships, like um, just like in the world of social media to get attention and validation and just trying to find any way to feel hope. Um, And so, yeah, I was in a really dark place, before I met Jesus again. <laughs> wow, wow. And and what I hear you saying as well in, in, in this is that, you know, you almost, it's like there's this huge physical thing in front of you and it's like, okay, I've done the year-long treatment, I'm done. And you think it's over now, I've gotten through. And yet there's still this void. There's still this void of, and it might not look like that for us, but for so many of us in this room, we could have that same experience of once this is done or once I get through this or once I get this promotion or once I have this, it's, then I'll be okay. But still this void is there, this lingering is there. And that, that wording that you used of feeling emotionally and spiritually crushed, like just this like deflation in my spirit, you know, I think there's a lot of people in the room that could resonate with that. And so, um, and let me also mention on what Mia just said as well. If you ever, if you're a young person, you go to Horizon Youth, or if you're a parent and you send your young person to Horizon Youth, there is one thing you can count on, and that is that they will be a prayed-for young person. And Jackson and I talk about distinctly remembering Sam Arnold coming to the youth team. And for a lot of the youth team there, they'd never even met Mia because she hadn't been at youth when they were there. Or, but for two years, nearly once a month, the youth team would gather and we would pray for this Mia Nottage, and we would pray for protection and healing and health and... And so, Mia, the hope comes in. Jesus reaches you in the midst of all of that, that void that's there. Talk us through it. Yeah, so God chased me down out of the blue. Um, I, like, remember it vividly. So I was, it was, like, middle of year eight. Um, I was walking home from the train station after school and, like, the picture is, like, I'm looking head down. My earphones are dangling. I'm looking at like my heavy Doc Martin shoes as I trudge my way home. It's like hipster, Newtown in my docks. Um, but I just remember I'm like looking down, like, and even that is like a picture of where I was at in life. Like wow. there was no, there was no looking up. There was mm. no hope. It was just what was in front of me and it was mm. darkness and it was heavy. And um, I just out of the blue had this thought, go back to Horizon Youth. Wow. And I was like, that's so random. Like, I haven't been there for two years. 
I'm like cool now. I don't need to go to church. My parents don't force me to go to church anymore. Like, no way. But then I get home and I'm like, I kind of still have one phone number saved in my phone from back in the day. And it was Sam Arnold's. Sam Arnold. Let's honour Sam Arnold. What an incredible, faithful, amazing leader. One of the most amazing, faithful people we have at Horizon she Church. Is. Sorry, keep going. And um, I, I messaged her and I was like, I think I'm thinking about coming to youth. And it was something like literally the next day or the day after, she picked me up and we drove to Miranda and we sat in Lint Cafe with a hot chocolate and she... She just showed me the uncommon love of Jesus. And, like, um, like I look back on it now and it's like it was just this 20-year-old girl who just put everything down to come see a hurting 14-year-old who was so lost. And um, it's such a picture of Jesus. Yeah, we can go ahead. Yeah, and, like, as I was reflecting, I was, like, she treated me like a sister and, like, like a mother. And, um, yeah, I came back to youth that Friday night and I remember walking through the doors in the foyer and um, I remember Bridget Rose was there and Beck and they, these two girls from youth group that I hadn't seen for two years came and embraced me with such warmth and such love and... Um, Pastor Jackson often talks about how church or youth is the warm place in a cold world and that's the greatest metaphor for um, this place and how I felt and so yeah I came back to youth um, I was like so stoked to be here but I was still like you know um, just here because I was like loved by people and it was just a safe place but didn't really take the God part seriously um, until the following year. So I was in year nine and it was 2016 winter camp. Um, And again, I was just going because I probably had a crush on a guy and I was just like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to come like hang with the crew. And then little did I know that on the third night of winter camp, um, during worship, I just had my hands out and I was like, okay, I'm just going to actually focus on the lyrics in this song and see God if you're real. And Alyssa, you came up and prayed for me. I remember, um, I just remember you saying, fill her up, Holy Spirit. And that was, you just kept saying that. And in that moment, I had a tangible encounter with God's love. And I was just like weeping. And I was like, yeah, so overwhelmed by the presence of God's love. And, and, um, And I think, God really spoke to me that night. Um, It's such a random phrase, but I always remember it. And he was like, you can feel this fire forever if you choose me. Because I had been coming to youth for about a year and I'd have these moments in worship and this like really fiery, intense love feeling. But then it'd fade throughout the week. And right. I'd take a few weeks off. Right. I'd choose to go to a party on a Friday night or I wouldn't prioritise coming to youth. But God was like, you can choose me and you can feel this wow, way forever wow, in my safety. Wow. And um, that was sort of the line in the sand moment. And that would probably be my salvation moment. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. And in that moment where you feel God meeting you so real and and it's like, okay, I'm... 
what did it feel like to like say, okay, I'm choosing you? Like, what did it like? Because there might be some people here tonight, and they're they're even as you're talking, they're like, oh my gosh, I think like I want it forever. Like I've had the tastes and I've had the moments, but like I want to choose him back tonight. And they're feeling this might be for me. Like, what what are some of the things that the feelings that were going on as that was happening? Mm, yeah, um, it was just like it was just like this like a like random analogy that I just thought of but I was um like dog sitting at my sister's place in Cronulla recently and I was staying in Moana's bed and she has this like weighted blanket and I think the greatest way to explain like God's love is like the heaviness of but like it's not heavy in a suffocating way but in the most comforting and safe and secure and steadfast way and I feel like when you are like, I'm going to choose you, Jesus, it's like that it cloaks you for life yes. and you're protected. Yes. Wow, that's an incredible analogy. Actually, I might invite the keys up just now. Um, you know, there's actually a scripture as well that says um, that if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And what Mia's talking about is that there's this God that was pursuing her and, and saying, I want you, Mia, and I love you, Mia, and I want to restore you with, you know, I want to restore you and redeem you. And then in that moment, she's like, all right, God, I'm drawing back close to you. And not just in a moment, but this is me choosing you. And like I said, I do feel like there's going to be, just in a moment, there is going to be a time and an opportunity for you to make that decision too of, do you know what? I choose you, God. But before we get there, Mia, can you talk to us about what does life look like now? So you had this amazing moment and Jesus came in and it was kind of that landing line in the sand moment of this is who I am now and so what does walking out life with Jesus look like? Yeah um, so like since that moment um, two weeks after I got water baptised and for me that was also like line in the sand moment with my eating disorder and my health issues because I was mentally physically healed although there were times of potential relapse, but it says in the Bible that when you go under the waters of baptism and you come back up, it's symbolic of dying to your old life Mm. and your new life beginning. And I got baptised and um, no, no thought after that moment of I should do this or I look like that or I should be like her and like God fully healed me from my eating disorder and like that's the victory of Jesus. Praise Jesus, yes. Um, and the journey since then was a lot of healing. Like I would come every Friday night to youth and it wasn't uncommon for me to be like smack back in the centre just crying and Alyssa praying for me every week. And um, it was a lot of healing for me um, from yeah year nine till about year 12. And I also kept my faith really personal from my family. Regrettably, I didn't invite any of my like family to my baptism. I was like, this is just for me. Um, and that was necessary for the time. But by the time I was in year 12, God really started like stirring in my heart to pray for my siblings and have them experience what I had experienced. And then also... Um, it was the first year out of high school that similar to Chris in the sense of like 
just like a resentment and like a real difficulty with relationships with my parents, but especially my mum because of how integral she was in um, my recovery. I had internalised all of this anger and hatred. And even before that, like I was so embarrassed about being half Japanese, which is like my pride and joy now. But like I was so embarrassed because I got teased a bit in primary school. And so I I internalised all this shame and anger towards my mum. And by the time I was 18, 19, it was like, there was just thick resentment deep in my heart. And God was like, it's actually time to deal with it. And wow. um, through prayer and through just walking out my like life with Jesus and reading scripture and seeing how God says to forgive and to be set free from the chains of unforgiveness, like God's just transformed my relationship with my parents and my family and um Yeah, I've seen so many friends come to know God and be set free. And it's just, yeah, beautiful what God has done. Amazing. Can we give a hand to that? How incredible. What a testimony. You've got your sister standing up for you right there. Your incredible family that God's done such a work in, such a redemptive, restorative work in. And as we were talking um, in the lead up to this, you actually mentioned like a verse and a scripture that you really hold close that you kind of could sum up your testimony in. And could you share that verse with us now? Yeah, I love it. It's so it's Psalm 40 verse 2 and it says, "He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand." And I just love this scripture because it's like God came down and rescued me as that 13 year old walking home in full darkness. And He delivered me from like darkness to light. And it's the story for me and it's the story for everyone who allows Jesus into their heart. And yeah, I just, I love it. And um, I think that God can just transform lives radically. If He can do it for me and Chris, He can do it for you. This story, two very different stories. This brokenness, it presents itself different in both for Mia and for Chris, it presents itself different. For you and I, our brokenness, our pain, our mistakes, it would present itself different. Maybe it's a, you know, I don't need a God and it's very easy to ignore the the need or the brokenness. It's very easy to distract ourselves or maybe it's like Mia where it's like in your face and all consuming in a very hard season. It doesn't matter how it presents itself. We all live with brokenness. We all live with hardship, mistakes, the weight of that. But there's a similarity in both stories. And it's what Mia just touched on then. And the similarity is that there is a good God who reached down and said, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care where you're at or what defence you're putting up or what war you're putting up or what lie you're telling yourself or what label you've come under. There is a good God who said, I see you. I love you. I know you and I will not let you live in darkness. No, I'm calling you into light. And for every single one of us, the story is the same. The, The Bible says that there is a God so good so good and so in love with you, who created you, that He made sure that nothing would get in the way of that. It actually says in Romans 8 verse 38 to 39, 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor your future, nor any powers, not height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, anything else in your life will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing, for anyone in this room tonight, there is nothing that can get in the way of God's love for you. It's just a matter of saying yes, of having that moment that both Chris and Mia had of saying, God, okay, okay. I might not get it all. I might not understand how it all works. I might not have done the research that Chris has done yet. But tonight, I'm gonna give you a go. I'm gonna say yes to a real God. It says in the Bible that God loved the world so much, He sent His one and only Son to die on the cross, to take away the weight of our sin, to take away the weight of your mistakes, to take away whatever you might've done that makes you feel disqualified or cut off. No, it says that because of what Jesus did, there's nothing in all of creation, nothing at all. It doesn't matter what experience you've had in the past. It doesn't matter how you found yourself here. Nothing in the world can separate you from the love that God has for you tonight. And so really what it's about is about saying, all right, God, yes. He's not asking you to step into a religion. He's not asking you to step into a set of rules. He's not asking you to step into uh, even a, a lifestyle that you've got to prescribe to. What He's asking you tonight to say yes to is a relationship with Him, with a real God who has real power to save and set free, to pull you out of darkness and to put you into light. And so what I'd love right now is I'd just love everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. We do this to really give everyone a moment that is just between you and God. The moments Mia and Chris both talked about, they were moments where God came down and moved in their hearts. They described feelings of the weight being lifted off, the feeling of, you know, they were emotional and they could feel God was at work. And right now in this room tonight, it is no accident that you are here. In the same way that God had that magnetic pull for Chris in here. It doesn't matter if you're here because someone invited you, you thought you'd just check it out, you decided to give it a go, you need friends. It doesn't matter what it is that led you here. It is no accident God wants you in the room tonight. And tonight is your opportunity to say, all right, God, if you can do it for them, do it for me. And so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna say a prayer and this prayer is a very simple prayer. In the same way that you can talk to a friend, this prayer is just praying to a real God. And in this prayer, what you're saying is, Lord God, come in and be my God. Take away all the brokenness, take away all the muck, take away all the other stuff. Right now I receive your love. That's what we're saying when we pray this prayer. But you're not gonna pray it alone. The whole church family is gonna repeat after me. But for a lot of us here, this is gonna be your prayer, saying it to your God and accepting Jesus into your life tonight. So repeat after me, dear God, right now I say yes to you. I'm gonna stop running. I'm gonna stop trying to just uh, pretend it away. And right now I say yes to you.
I accept your forgiveness. I accept your love. Come in as Lord. I can't wait to get to know you better. If that was you tonight and you said that prayer for the first time or for the first time in a long time and tonight it felt like in the same way that Mia said, you know, the Gospel message just really resonated one time. Maybe tonight it actually resonated for you and you said that prayer for real tonight. Just with myself and one or two other leaders looking around, everyone else's eyes are shut. What I'd love you to do is I would love you to let me know that you prayed that prayer just by lifting your hand. I'm gonna count to three and on the count of three, I just want you to bravely put it up. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna single you out. I'm just gonna say amazing, that's it. But this is a moment to draw the line in the sand like Mia was talking about and saying, this is it now. This is me, no going back. Lord God, I choose Your love and I'm gonna let it change me and I'm gonna let it redeem me and I'm gonna live in the light. So if that was you, I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three, just right now, put your hand up wherever you are. If that's you tonight and you're saying, yes, God. Yes, God, amazing decision over here. Amazing decision up here, incredible. If that's you tonight and you're saying, yes, God. I'm saying yes to you, come in. I choose you, even if I don't know what it looks like. You might be really nervous right now. You might be a bit scared too. Amazing decision up here, incredible. But there is no better, greater, safer place you could do it to say yes to Jesus tonight. Just give it one more minute if there's anyone else. If tonight's your night to say yes to Jesus. Incredible decision, amazing Incredible decision. If there's anyone else and you know tonight's the night to say yes to Jesus. Lord God, we thank You for those amazing people who said yes to a good God tonight. We thank You, Lord God, that tonight they've been brought out of the darkness and they've been brought into the light, into Your goodness. They get to live life with a good God who loves them, who sees them, who knows them, who's forgiven them. They get to live in redemption. And so we pray, Lord God, that this week they would draw so near to You, that they would feel Your goodness, that they would be able to sense You and that they would just be so in awe of the relationship they get with You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey, can we give everyone who just made that decision a huge hand? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.